something that strikes me about this time that we're in, and this is related to something that a couple of things that have been asked. Uh, we're in this really crazy moment in time, and we've, you know, as the world has turned, there's been many crazy moments in time for human beings. Um, but we're in one right now. A lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknown, a lot of uh, fear that is probably well-founded, and then fear because we just don't know what's true anymore. We don't know, you know, what direction we're going in anymore. And it occurs to me over and over again that it's coming into communities like this that are looking to either better ourselves or... um, create more peace within ourselves, maybe learn how to create more peace in our communities, um, that there can be a a place of refuge uh, within just being in community, a community that comes and peacefully sits together, um, that, you know, is interested in, in learning wisdom and compassion. It's so valuable. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh says or would say, uh, you know, that the next Buddha would be uh, community. The next Buddha would be a community of people. And I think that's happening with all of the um, uh, just unpredictability and fear and hate that is brewing and even being supported right now. Uh, There's a backlash to it. You know, there's a force that then is standing up to it, and it's within community. There isn't one person that's standing up against it. It's many, many people coming together saying, I want something different. I need something different. And not just I need something different, but our planet needs something different. And so you're, you're a small piece of that um, larger community that wants something different. And so I just, um, those were some thoughts that were on my mind coming in tonight. And I won't, you know, ignore your questions here, but um, just as you're here talking with each other and um, being together, I think that's part of it. Uh, So just appreciating you (laughs) all here. So here's one. It says, I've been struggling lately with anger especially with things going on politically, how can I manage my anger in a healthy way, especially when it makes me so distracted during meditation? (laughs) Okay, so how many of you relate to that? (laughs) There was a lot of laughing. Okay. Yeah. So anger is an interesting one. I've been exploring anger in my meditation and um, life lately as well. And um, it's tricky. You know, anger's it's just an emotion. You know, it's just a, a, something that it comes and it goes. It's usually strong. You know, if it's anger more than, you're not calling it frustration, you're calling it anger. Uh, there's nothing subtle about anger as an emotion. It's something that's really powerful. 
And we can get easily thrown by it because, because of its power. Um, it fuels our mind in a certain way. Um, it can um, create a lens that we end up perceiving through that is maybe kind of narrow as far as what the reality, the larger reality, universal reality of how things are. It's a very tight emotion. When we get stuck in our mind in this way, we'll feel it somatically. We can feel it in our body. We'll feel the tightness in our fists or in our, our legs or in our chest, our gut, you know, our shoulders. Um, so it's something that affects us really uh, uh, deeply when it arises. The key to anger with our practice is to clue into the power of that emotion. The power is actually really key and can be used and redirected in a much more useful um, and even um, uh, healthy way. If we are stuck in the storyline of what it is that's causing the anger, and we're just replaying it over and over and over and over again, um, creating all the scenarios of what we're going to do about it, um, getting stuck more and more into the tightness of anger, uh, we'll be stuck it doesn't usually lead to anywhere productive. Uh, sometimes it leads to outbursts, saying things to the people that might not even deserve it, um, unfortunate email sends and texts. Um, and uh, that's where you know, we start causing harm through that type of anger. And that's not really what we want. If we try to oppress the anger, it does the same thing. So if you oppress it, if you ignore it, it doesn't go away. And then it's really just unchecked. And that's really dangerous. Unchecked anger uh, can cause a lot of harm. So what we can do with it is clue into the power of anger. It might mean coming to it, um, almost titrating the experience. So... Um, bringing your attention to it for as long as you can, the experience of anger. So even right now as you're sitting here, you don't have to be angry to experience this, but you might just close your eyes and think about where do you feel anger in your body when it arises, just typically. You might not know the answer to that question, which is its own information, that there needs to be more exploration. But maybe it's in the chest, the face. Where do you feel anger in the body when it arises? And then some of you might even be able to feel the power of that energy within the body, just just as I'm bringing it up. It might be so familiar that you and go right there. And I don't want to keep you there, but this in itself is a nice way to work with anger to begin with, is just bringing attention to it, making sure that it's checked. 
We're mindful of the emotion. And then noticing the power of anger and if you're afraid of it. I think often we've had messages that because anger can lead to um, harm, we misunderstand the um, need to um, maybe be um, concerned about that harm or weary of that harm with the, um, the power of, of anger. And there can be this uh, fear that arises around the power of anger. And so that's something just to notice. If it's there, this extra layer there of fear or shame uh, around anger, maybe you were taught at some point that anger is not okay. So there can be real shame around feeling anger sometimes. And so once that's explored and really looked at, um, allowing the power of the anger to be there and seeing if there's a way to actually move into action using the power of anger to create some kind of change, whether it's an internal transformation, maybe it's what motivates you to make a life change that uh, leads to more happiness. Um, Maybe it motivates you to practice more, gets you on the cushion. Maybe... um, It motivates you to change your dynamic in a relationship. Uh, Or maybe it leads you to different types of change. Uh, For example, what's going on politically. Finding ways that you can channel that power to bring it to um, something that needs that energy. Part of the movement that's happening right now could be with global climate change. It could be with um, the women's movement. It could be with Black Lives Matter. There are many, many movements that you could join, many causes that could use that kind of power. The power of anger can fuel change. If we know that it's there, if we know how to channel it, and if we're not afraid of it, I think it's sometimes that fear that um, is mixed in that makes it very confusing and um, overwhelming in some way. Any questions about that? Or comments about? Yeah, let's, um, let's use the mic. That way everyone can hear. How do you deal with anger at yourself? Anger at yourself. Yeah, so is it, is it arising because of a particular um, Something that you've done. Something, something that you've that done, done. That you regret. Ah, uh, regret. Yeah. You know, it's important to then question how much of that is useful. You know, it's good to look back and realize... Uh, that w- that wasn't okay. That was harmful. That was 
something I never want to repeat. Um, the Buddha talks about this as part of our learning is to uh, reflect on, on the things that we've done that we, we don't want to do again and really feel the dukkha, the suffering. That's a part of that. But there's a, there's a fine line there that we can go from just being present with that and really understanding and learning to getting stuck in um, a cycle of self-judgment that just does this and doesn't end. And so finding ways to catch when that line is crossed. This is no longer me learning from this experience. This is me hating myself for this experience. And then turning your attention to that, turning to the hate or the self-judgment to the, the blame, the, you know, whatever it is that's mixed up in it. And uh, sometimes just our presence with that experience, just being with it, knowing it for what it is. Oh, this is just self-judgment. Oh, this is um, embarrassment. Uh, this is shame. And just that tenderness of attention where the heart can just open a little bit more. It doesn't have to feed that storyline anymore. We can just be right there with it. The heart starts to open. We can start to feel just a little bit of compassion for that side of ourself that has this habit of turning Uh, towards that judgment or that hatred. And then more and more, the more we bring our attention in this way, uh, there can be a softening that happens and forgiveness that happens, moving into self-forgiveness, into healing. If we're just going in this cycle of self-judgment, there's no route towards healing and forgiveness, and it's just a con- continuation of our suffering. It's totally unhelpful. It's not useful. And so we have to cut that habit. And we can do that just with that tender presence. Um, I think this is a fairly basic insight in Buddhism, but if I'm feeling angry, my my initial experience is I am angry. Yeah. Um, but then in meditating, uh, little by little, I'm wat- watching, witnessing the anger, and there comes that separation. And then yeah. as I'm watching the anger, I'm no longer that anger, and it falls away. Yeah. Just that. Wonderful. Yeah. Non-identification. Yeah, and that's, that's a part of it too. It's all kind of mixed in together. You know, what we call anger might be many different things. It might be really a strong, tight sense of self that's at play, most likely. It might be um, actually the experience of that separation 
And so the more we get curious about it and not fearful of it, the more we turn towards it and lean in a little bit and see, well, what, what is this exactly? What am I calling anger? Instead of feeling like, oh, I've got to get rid of this so I can get on with my meditation or I can be a better Buddhist or whatever it is, whatever the story line is. Um, no, it's right there. Your practice is right there. You just are meant to turn right towards it and hold it like you would anything, just like you would hold the breath with your attention, you can hold anger with your attention. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing I've tried to be con- conscious of is that anger can pull me into a dynamic of I'm right and you're wrong. Yes. And that destroys that sense of interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. That seems like a dangerous, unhealthy way of... of um, taking action to get into that dynamic, power dynamic of I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah. It's more of that story. You know, how what I was saying about how easily anger can fuel the storyline rather than just experiencing the raw sensation of anger and the energy of anger. Uh, It's really different. And it does, it, it brings out different outcomes to very different outcomes. Yeah, it's a good distinction. Okay. Um, I had a follow-up question to the first one, which I can really relate to about um, being angry at yourself. And what I struggled with is the storyline that if I kind of let myself off the hook, then how am I going to make sure I change? Mm. And... Um, as I think about it, I think the underlying belief there is a uh, distrust in my own willingness to change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. Um, so it's doubt. It's just doubt. And I say it's just doubt, not because it's just a little thing, but that it's a hindrance in the mind that's causing it to be really unclear of, you know, what to trust within yourself. Um, even sometimes when we're stuck in doubt, we don't know what direction even to move towards. Uh, but it is, it's just doubt. And so the way to deal with it is to know when doubt has arisen. And the one way I do this is just ask myself, is this doubt? And sometimes it's just really clear, yes, (laughs) this is me experiencing some form of doubt. And then turning your attention towards the doubt. What's doubt? What does this feel like? What is it doing to my mind? You don't have to get rid of it. You can pay attention to it. Learn it. Know it really well. So when it arises, because it'll arise again and again and again, these are just habits in our mind. Um, but the more we know it, the quicker we catch it, the better we know how to maneuver with it or just not trust it. Oh, this is a mind filled with doubt. You can't f- figure anything out with a mind filled with doubt. You know, we're just like going through a dark room trying to find the answer, and you'll never find it. And so we just know in that moment, oh, this mind 
It doesn't have the answers. It has doubt. That's what I have to pay attention to in this moment. The answers come later, but first it's doubt and really getting to know that state. It takes patience. It takes a lot of patience. It also helps to remind yourself of the moments where you you had wisdom, where you've um, known you know, what to do, what's right, what's wrong, um, where you have transformed and learned from things, uh, reminding yourself of the process that you've experienced before, which, you know, we all have. It's something, as human beings, we've, we've developed in some way and had um, these experiences. But when doubt's present, it kind of wipes that out of our memory. Like, we just forget and disconnect from... Um, that, that memory of, of, uh, of dharma, of, of awakening. So it's in there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. This is a hot topic. <laughs> There's one in the back. I ha- There's some great questions here. I'll hang on to them, but I think um, this is what needs to be talked about. Well, this is sort of, it's a little bit of a tangent, but it feels like the perfect time to ask a question that's always bothered me. Yeah. Um, With everything, the cultural um, thing to do is say that we're going to fight it. We're going to fight injustice. We're going to fight climate change. I'm going to fight my bad habit. And what... uh, you're giving alternatives to that to use that, like a powerful energy in a different way than fighting. But what are some analogies that could be used instead of fight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it just depends. I think sometimes it's helpful to. Um, I think sometimes it's helpful to uh, use words like transform, or heal, connect. Uh, other times, I think fight works. I think you know, in some ways. Uh, whether we're, we're fighting for our planet to be viable for future generations, that's a fight. Like that is a, there's, there's, that's a fight um, worth fighting. Uh, I'm not condoning violence, but some pretty severe action, I think, is called for. Uh, or even within ourselves. You know, the, the Buddha, he was of the warrior class. So actually, a lot of the language that he use, uses um, in the suttas is, is, I don't know if he says fight, but, you know, like cut through uh, with the sword of truth and things like that, where there's um, uh, a sense of uh, some kind of battle going on. And... 
Um, maybe that's true sometimes. Maybe it really is at some point uh, within our internal experience with our own mind and heart that there's uh, a battle between that greed, hatred, and delusion and wisdom and compassion. Uh, other times we find it's, it's uh, that kind of language is not so helpful. And for some of us who don't know how to carry those swords um, with compassion and tenderness, how to carry that warrior um, energy with uh, a stability and a groundedness, then we get in trouble (laughs) pretty quickly. So there's always a balance. There's never, you know, it's this way, 100%. Uh, we're always looking to dance with whatever is arising in the moment and responding appropriately. Um, and yeah, so it's an interesting question, and not one I can give a one succinct answer to. <laughs> yeah. I'm noticing a lot of men with their hands up. It's only been men so far who have talked. I want to just invite the women. Um, uh, if you if you're moved to, you don't have to. But and we love hearing from the men. But um, yeah, you're right over here. Thank you. I actually I kind of have kind of an opposite problem where like so I'm like an animal rights activist, and one time like we went to this like really horrible place and. They were saying, like, oh, like, channel your anger. But I didn't feel anger. I just felt, like, overwhelming pain and sadness. Yeah. And, like, and you're talking about the power of anger, and that's, like, very true for me. Like, how do you, like, tap into, like, that power to, like, change things when it's just, like, overwhelming, like, like pain, you know? Yeah. So that word dukkha that I used is a a Buddhist term for suffering. Um, and part of this practice is tapping into the suffering within ourselves and in the world to get to know it. And when we know how to be with our suffering and the suffering of others in a way that's not overwhelming, that's actually um, uh, held with some sense of equanimity, some balance, understanding kind of the larger view of what's happening here in our place in the fabric of things. Um, We learn through this practice, but it takes practice. You know, it's not a switch that you get to turn and and suddenly, you know, oh, I can be with all this suffering. It takes a lot of practice. Um, Sometimes we can only take a little bit at a time. Sometimes our capacity is bigger than we knew or that we trusted. Um, but I think overall it takes time and practice of just turning towards it and not being, again, not being afraid to feel it. Um, Not being afraid of the fear that arises when we see things that are not only unjust but scary to witness. Um, There's a lot of power in that to be able to stay steady in some way with that fear 
and with that suffering. Um, the practice of compassion is a, a practice directed to uh, suffering. It's the, um, the heart practice, uh, a way of cultivating the heart, the heart and the mind in, in this practice really um, are so connected or even seen as the same thing in certain um, Buddhist cultures. And so it's this, this practice that allows us to turn towards the suffering of others and ourselves without it tipping into overwhelm. And the way it does that is with this larger view. Um, compassion's very grounded. Uh, compassion is the heart trembling uh, in the face of suffering, but not uh, taking it all on to our shoulders and feeling um, overwhelmed or like we're sinking in it. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of different, if you look on Dharma Seed or um, uh, there's some great books by Pema Chodron or uh, Tara Brock uh, about compassion that you might check out. Um, there's a lot of uh, information on specific compassion practices that might really help you go through what it is that you're going through. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I love this. I, I can't say that we'll do this every time. <laughs> and I can't speak for James. He's going to be here the next couple of weeks. Um, but I'm going to pass this on to him because <laughs> he's wondering how this is going to go. And, um, but I can just say, for, for myself leading the group tonight, this is probably the most engaged and connected I've felt in this hall for a while um, with, with you all. And sometimes, some of you I'm meeting for the first time, and some of you I haven't seen for a while. But just in general, uh, I f- can feel the connection of community um, a little bit more this evening just hearing from you. I'm wondering how this is for all of you. Um, So maybe we could just do a show of hands so I don't put anybody on the spot. But how many of you enjoyed this this style this evening? How many of you, this works for you? Interesting. Okay. And those who didn't raise your hand, I'm just going to say it to get that it's the opposite. Um, I'm going to stick around, so if you have feedback on the format or ideas of how we could evolve this, I'm really open to it. And I might try this a few more times when I come and teach. We'll do, I'll bring these questions too, and if I didn't get to you and you want to come up and ask your question, we can, we can talk a little bit. But um, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.